Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Joel, if you have your Bible. Uh, Joel chapter 2, we'll begin in verse 28 tonight. Um, we have a great privilege living in the New Testament era um, after the coming of Christ. Now, one of those great privileges is the fact that we know the whole story. Um, in the Old Testament, they were looking forward to Jesus coming, um, looking forward like a shadow uh, of the things to come. And, and when Jesus finally came, now we stand on the other side of the cross and we can see what it was all about from the very beginning. Um, but one of those other privileges that we have as New Testament believers is we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Um, in the Old Testament, um, you had the Holy Spirit would come on a person for a specific uh, um, event, a specific task they were supposed to perform, uh, but you didn't have uh, the, the continual dwelling of the Holy Spirit in the believers in the Old Testament. Instead, you, you just had, uh, he would come upon someone for a specific task. But now, through Christ, uh, through, uh, since the day of Pentecost, which uh, Mike read about from Acts chapter 2, um, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Now, what are the benefits of that? The Holy Spirit, He testifies to us that we truly are believers. That's one of the great things. You know, when we look at the world and we, we, we look at ourselves and we look at the sin that we still struggle with, sometimes we can get discouraged. But the Holy Spirit is there inside of us encouraging us. He prays with groans that we can't understand. He's, he's helping us to grow. He opens our eyes so that we can understand the Scriptures in ways that we wouldn't be able to understand if, if we hadn't been believers. No, we have the Holy Spirit indwelling inside of us, and, and that is a great, great comfort. Amen? And that's what tonight's text is about. I know that is a New Testament reality, and we're looking at an Old Testament text but this is, this is what the Old Testament was looking forward to. So let's go ahead and take a look at uh, our, our verses. There's only five verses tonight. It's a short text. Beginning in verse 28, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Let's pray. Father, 
Thank you for your word. Help us to understand it tonight. Let your Holy Spirit open our eyes and open our ears that we can understand glorious things from your word. Give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I said in the Old Testament they didn't have the Holy Spirit continually dwelling them. One story we can look at that to kind of confirm that. We can also see the expectation and the longing that the Old Testament believers had for a time like that. We can look at Numbers chapter 11. There's, I don't have those on the slides. If you want to turn there, you can. But I won't spend a whole lot of time there, so you don't have to turn there. But Numbers chapter 11, you have Moses had... Uh, yep. Moses had uh, appointed 70 men to help him with his, with his ministry. And these men, uh, these were ones that were appointed, uh, that uh, had that uh, temporary dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, verse 24 of chapter 11 says, So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 men of the elders out of the, of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud of smoke to him, and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not continue doing it. Uh, so first of all, we see they, the Holy Spirit came on these 70 men and they began to prophesy, but it, they didn't continue to do that. So the, the, the spirit on them was temporary, but two men, we see in verse 26, now two men remained in the camp one of them Eldad and the other Medad. And the Spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. So they continued their prophecy. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord Moses, stop them! <laughs> But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. So we see in this story, um, 70 men that Moses had selected to help him, they all became filled with the Spirit temporarily, and they began to prophesy, and, and the, but, but the Spirit, it, it didn't continue with them, but there were two that continued, and then Joshua thought, let's stop them. <laughs> this isn't right. You're the one in charge, right? right? Moses is the one in charge. He didn't need these two others, but Moses said, no, no. Would that all God's people would prophesy. That, that all of them would have the Spirit. That all of them would be filled with the Spirit on like he had. Like those 70 had for that period of time. There was a longing and a looking forward to a time when God's Spirit would be on believers continually. But it, you didn't see it in the Old Testament. And that's why they kept breaking covenant. They, they, they broke covenant because they didn't have the Spirit dwelling on them like we do today. In Ezekiel, we see a, another um, 
prophecy of a time that would come whenever um, the Holy Spirit would, would uh, dwell on His people, that God would pour out His Holy Spirit. Ezekiel, it takes me just a little bit to find it. Ezekiel 39 there. In Ezekiel 39, verses 25 to 29, it says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob. So, they had judged them. He had uh, brought destruction on them. Uh, but now he, I will restore the fortunes of Jacob. It sounds very similar to what's going on in Joel. And have mercy on the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. They shall forget their shame and all their treachery they have practiced against me when they dwell securely in their land with none to make them afraid. I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them from their enemies' lands, and through them I have vindicated my holiness in the sight of many nations. Then they shall know that I am their Lord the Lord their God, because I sent them into exile among the nations and then assembled them into their own land. I will, not leave, I will leave none of them remaining among the nations anymore, and I will not hide my face from them when I pour out my spirit upon the house of Israel, declares the Lord. He's looking forward to a time when he restores Israel. And when he restores Israel, he would pour out His Spirit upon them. And now we see in, this, in the book of Joel, He's talking about the same thing. And let's step back. We've been going through the book of Joel up until now, and God has been angry with His people. He has, has sent a plague of locusts on them. And it stripped everything bare. And, and God was telling them, repent, repent. And, at the, and the next chapter, in chapter 2, we have... Um, um, an army that's coming, an army that's coming in, and God tells them, if you repent, then maybe I'll relent from the, uh, the army that I'm, a, I'm about to send upon you. And so they do. They repent, and God, it says, restore, He says He's going to restore to them the years that the locusts had eaten. They had, set, they had had a plague before, and, and now God was going to restore to them into the, into their, uh, restore them to health the way they should have been, as if the locusts had never come in the first place. And now he shifts, and he's no longer talking about Israel at that time and, and God's relenting of the judgment that he's sending them, but he thinks of something that's future-oriented. He says here, Verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterwards. Peter, whenever he quotes it, he changes it slightly. And Peter says, in the last days. And he's talking about, he's recognizing this is what is going to happen whenever the Messiah finally comes. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. No longer would it be just for a temporary season. No longer would it be um, uh, upon certain individuals, but it would go to every believer. Amen? In uh, the next section here, it says, Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. That means old and young. That means male and female. 
And it says in the next verse, even male and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit. So it doesn't matter economic status. It doesn't matter male or female. It does not matter um, old or young. All believers. One day, they didn't have this in the Old Testament, but Joel was looking forward to a time in the Messianic era when Jesus would come. When that happened, then the Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. And by all flesh, that means there's no distinction, no longer just the Jews, but all flesh, Jew and Gentile, Jew and Greek, male and female. It sounds a lot like Galatians. In Galatians, they say, he says, in Christ there is no, there is no male or female, no free man, no slave, uh, no Jew, no Greek, but we're all one in Christ. The blessing that we have in this New Testament era is that we have the Spirit. And if we're believers, if we're believers, if we're, then we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And we, you know, um, some, they think, well, you get saved and then later on you get the Spirit. But I don't see that as the way that the Bible teaches it. When, when you're saved... The Spirit indwells you and helps you, helps to open your eyes to see things you wouldn't see before, helps you in your battle against sin and your growth in discipleship. Verse 30, And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth and blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Now this seems a little bit difficult. I mean, and, and the reason why it seems difficult is this is apocalyptic language. A lot of times the Old Testament or even the New Testament we see in, in Revelation will use this kind of language where it's talking about end of the world type of events. Um, and, and that is how traumatic, how, how, how cataclysmic it was whenever Christ came. Uh, and we can see um, some, some things here about this. Uh, one, it talks about There'll be blood and fire and columns of smoke. What should we think of when we think of those blood and fire and columns of smoke? But the Exodus. When, when God saved his people out of Egypt, what happened? There was the plague. The first plague was turning the Nile River into blood. And also, you have the blood that's placed upon the doorpost as the death angel passed over. And you have the blood that signified those who were God's people who would be saved. You have um, fire and a column of smoke. And what did the people of Israel follow as they, as they passed through the wilderness? But a column of smoke during the day and a pillar of fire by night. Um, I, I think by referencing these kinds of imagery, this kind of imagery, we see uh, that this is going to be a, a, a new kind of exodus, a new kind of, of work that God does to save his people. Verse 32. Not only do we have the Holy Spirit being given to believers, this being poured out to be there to help us to, to live. But also, what happens in this New Testament era 
is that the way of salvation is open to any who call upon the name of the Lord. Verse 32, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be, shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, um, and among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. As believers, we have been saved. We have been rescued. We deserved God's wrath and punishment. We deserved, God, we deserved hell. And yet, God has sent Christ to us. He sent Christ to live among human beings. He, he lived a perfect, sinless life for 33 years. He lived among human beings and never sinned once. And he went willingly to the cross. No one took his life from him, but he laid it down. He went to the cross and his blood was shed for us. We see in that Joel passage there would be blood and fire and columns of smoke. Well, we can see where the blood is in the New Testament. It was the blood of Jesus. It was shed for us. He shed His blood to cover our sins so that anyone can call upon Him and be saved. Many people may feel like They've just sinned too much. That God would never accept them. Maybe they feel like they've, they've done too much. They've run too far from God. What, what I've done, you may think, could never be forgiven. And yet, what Joel here says and what New Testament authors repeat after him, it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When it says here, the, the, um, the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls, there, there, is a, there is a cooperation here that we see in Scripture where God's sovereignty and man's responsibility fit together. We have both terminologies here in this passage. On the one hand, it says everyone who calls. That's saying anyone can be saved. And on the other hand, it's saying those whom the Lord calls. And the way those two works together, um, I mean, it's probably more than I can even fathom or understand, but at the, the ones who call out to Him, the ones who cry out to Him, are those same ones whom the Lord has chosen. It boggles the mind. I can't even begin to comprehend it. But that's the way it works together. Jesus Himself said, no one can come to Me unless the Father draws Him. And here we have the same kind of language. It's the Lord who calls Him, but at the same time, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I think if you're here on a Sunday night, there's a likelihood you're probably already a believer. But I, I just want to say it because I don't know everybody and I can't see into anybody's heart. 
If you've never done that, if you've never cried out to the Lord to be saved, I'm not going to tell you a sinner's prayer that you just repeat after me. I'm just going to say, cry out to Jesus. Call out to Him. Call upon the name of the Lord. Ask Him to count His blood to your sins. To be your substitute. That He would stand in your place. Because if you call, He will turn no one away. Amen? Amen. Isn't it great to be living in this New Testament era? We have the great privilege of the Holy Spirit. If we are believers, if we've been born again, we have the Holy Spirit helping us day by day. We have Him giving us the ability to rejoice in the midst of suffering. We have Him giving us the ability to see things and to illuminate our eyes so that we can see things in Scripture and understand them like we wouldn't otherwise. And we also have the way that is open that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, that's something that we, a promise that we need to hold to as a church. Even if every one of us in here is a believer, we have a message that we can take to this community, to this county, to this, uh, to to both counties, (laughs) because we're kind of on the border here. (laughs) We can take this everywhere and say, call on the name of the Lord and he'll save you. We live in a world that is dying without Christ. And the message that we have is look to Jesus, call out to Him, cry out to Him to save you, and He will do it. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.